0: listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. A couple weeks ago now, as you listen, we had a conversation with Kayla Stevens, who's a member of the discipleship team here uh, within LifeWay and the LifeWay Kids team. And we had a fantastic conversation around some topics of expressive individualism and just how our culture shapes how our kids see their faith and that we are up against some cultural realities, there's some other things happening in our culture that truly affect our kids. And one of those things that we want to talk about today is the notion of deconstruction. Again, it's another one of those fancy Kayla buzzwords that will let her educate all of us, you know, ordinary people about deconstruction, this concept, but it really connects back to doubting your faith. Everyone at some point or another has experienced some amount of doubt, but what do we do As leaders, when we have kids who we can observe doubting the word of God or doubting the truth of of, uh, the principles that we teach from his word. And so this idea of how do we deal with doubt is what we want to talk about today before someone loses their faith. How might we interject, intervene, and intercede in a way that draws them back to the Lord. And instead of let, having them walk away, might instead, in fact, draw them to walk even more closely with him. Kayla Stevens, welcome back to the podcast. It's good to see you. Thanks, Chuck. It's great to be here. Listeners, we are on Zoom as we record this. And so I can actually see Kayla. I know you may not be able to, but uh, it's so. It's, when I say it's good to see you, it truly is good to see you. Have fun.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's definitely been different in our Zoom world, but it is fun to to connect and to be on the pod. So thanks for having me.
0: Oh, for sure. And, you know, there are I don't know if you have found this to be true, Kayla, but since we have moved to kind of the work from anywhere environment for getting things done. I'm on Zoom all the time. I feel like I am constantly in some sort of a Zoom meeting. You may have different meetings than I have, and I, th- and I know that's true because we are not often in the same meetings. So it's I find that <laughs> I see certain people – Multiple times or all the time, and other people I rarely get to see. So it truly is really nice to get to see you. We were together for a large group Lifeway gathering earlier this week where we actually got to see each other in person, which is kind of fun, along with our other colleagues. But the Zoom world is definitely different.
1: It is different. And you know, what's funny is whenever we first started the Zoom world, I still, um, I feel like I still presented myself like I would present myself in the office. And as we have gone on, I have gotten more and more casual. So a lot of times you'll see me in a ball cap. I may have a t-shirt on instead of like an office outfit. So Zoom has definitely changed a little for, for me in my world in the workplace.
0: Yes. And then of course, anything that's not on camera is fair game, right? So shorts, <laughs> pajama pants, fuzzy slippers, which I have all of those on right now. No, that's not true. Nice. <laughs> anything goes from the neck down. You just to be presentable from here up how fun (laughs) how fun well kayla we want to dive right into our topic of the day and because it's a it's a serious one and it's it's a very real one so as leaders we um we may often present content to our kids as we do our bible studies together uh where our position is that this is true and we want the kids to receive it as true and we expect that they will and that would be relatively easy but the reality is kids kids are translating in their brains and processing in their hearts the things that we share. And they're trying to reconcile the things that they hear out in the world and in the culture with the things that they're hearing in the church. And there is a reality that doubt about things of the faith is not something that is reserved for adulthood. We have many kids, who are processing whether or not they will believe and whether or not they will walk the Lord at a young age. You were sharing with me uh, some statistics before we started. Why don't you share that with us and then let's dive into what we might do in response.
1: Yeah, um, so this whole notion of deconstruction is really, uh, it's kind of a buzzword right now. It's something that's really popular, um, but it's also something that's really personal. Uh, it's personal for me and the people that I know and love who are deconstructing their faith. Um, but it's also personal in our kids ministries. Uh, there's let's, a stat let's talk out about there. that
0: Kayla, let's define yeah. what do you, what do we mean by deconstructing their faith?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So deconstruction, uh, it's the process of systematically kind of dissecting and then often rejecting the beliefs that you knew or understood or grew up with, um, uh, surrounding particularly religion or Christianity. Um, so it's, it's kind of like, it's not just, I'm doubting this, but I'm going to really dissect and see what do I think is true? What do I not think is true? What are the things that seem like they fit with who I am? And I'm going to accept those things. Um, like, uh, for example, you know, I think Jesus taught some really good things about loving people. So mm-hmm. I'm going to hold on to that. But I don't really like what he had to say about uh, marriage. So I'm mm-hmm. going to make my own construct of what I think marriage should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's systematically going through and kind of figuring out what are the things that I like and I'm going to hold on to and I'm going to believe. And what are the things that I'm going to actually let go of? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's deconstruction.
0: All right. So you were starting to tell a little bit of uh, some personal stories about, around that.
1: Well, I was just going to say that, you know, you're talking about how this is so relevant for our kids. Um, yes. And I think it is because it's not just personal. I mean, it's not just theoretical. It's not just this big, big word that, you know, we don't really understand. It's actually really personal. The 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 idea of, um, you know, someone in our life or someone that we're close to um Really doubting and wrestling with their faith, um, but doing so in isolation or in, without uh, people around them to encourage them or to ask questions um, is really challenging. And so, one of the statistics was that I came across was that forty percent of our ki- the kids in our ministries right now um, are mentally checked out of their faith, and that's in elementary and middle school. So, think of that like. Four out of ten kids mm-hmm. in our ministries right now are mentally checking out of Christianity and of the Bible and of truth. Um, and so doubt is really big in the lives and hearts of our kids right now. It's not just something that, oh, if I, if I get to them now, then in 30 years, they're not going to have those doubts and questions and, and deconstruction of their faith, right? They're doubting now. Um, and so we as church leaders have a great joy um, to be able to speak into those doubts and to listen to those doubts um, in a way that we can walk alongside kids in a healthy way um, to help them understand their faith and grapple with their doubts and point and point them to scripture.
0: yeah. And so there's you. You, you mentioned it's personal. It, it is also something that that we have observed in others. In uh, just you know, in Christian culture, there are we could easily run down a list of people that we who have been Christian authors or artists, you know, musicians or influencers on social media or people we know from videos, who who have had a, a history of faith, who have publicly deconstructed those uh, their their beliefs in, in a way that influences others to do the same. So it's not just that they're doing it alone, there are actually um deconstruction influencers out there in a negative sense.
1: Yeah, there there are a lot of of people right now that ha- that we know of who kind of like you said have deconstructed their faith and are sharing their deconstruction story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that those conversations are valid to have. It's important to, to hear what their stories are. Why are they deconstructing? What are the main topics around the things that they wrestle and grapple with? Um, but I think it's also really important to recognize as leaders that their stories are not being shared just to share a story, right? Um, a lot of times what's happening is, the story is being shared in order to almost almost evangel evangelization in reverse, right? To mm. to lead our kids and to lead our teenagers um into a different um avenue of of doubt and, and deconstruction. Um one of the authors that I I read about and, and learned his story from um has recently started a um kind of a I'm trying to think of the word, but but uh, kind of a convention of sorts or a, a workshop uh, for people, and it's called Reframe your story. And it's not just about sharing his deconstruction story. It's about creating this modular um, to encourage others to deconstruct their faith and to deconstruct their stories to the point of atheism. Um, and so, yeah, it's important to remember that those stories are valid and they're important to hear and they're important to to understand. Um, but it's also important for us as leaders to know that there's there's a question behind the question. There, there's a story behind mm-hmm. the story. And the motivation is not just to share a story, but to share a story in order to influence your kids and your students um, towards doubt and towards deconstruction of their faith. Hmm.
0: I was having a conversation with some folks in a, in a little Bible study group that I lead on Thursday nights last night, and we were talking about optimism, pessimism, and realism, and how at different times in life, we need to be optimistic. It is it is biblical for us as believers to have to know that God is all-powerful, sovereign, and good, to be optimistic about the future he has. Sometimes we can be drawn to be pessimistic when we look at the world, especially, this may be a time when we need to, as leaders, to be realistic, to be, just to be aware that, as you said, four out of 10 kids in our kids' ministry are already checking out. They're already not accepting all the things that we are teaching. And so the, the realist in that setting would say, okay, if we know that to be true, we need to make sure that we are giving kids opportunities to ask questions, not just to have us download a dump of information that we assume they're accepting, but to give them the opportunity to ask even hard questions. Some of that may be something that we do in that large group setting uh, that could because the question that one kid asks is probably in the minds of multiple kids who need the same answer. Other times it may be more appropriate to go aside and to have one-on-one conversations in the right setting to answer some of those hard questions. But we need to be realistic to know and and for our volunteers and our teachers to know that kids have doubts and that we need to give opportunity to, to ask and answer some hard questions for them.
1: Yeah, I think that's really important. And I would add to that, you know, as we teach, sometimes it can be really intimidating when kids start asking questions. Right. right. Because well, wait, we don't know wait, all the wait, answers. That's, right. That's not in this curriculum. Don't ask I, that me something not that's not here. on the paper. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I think it's important to remember we teach kids, not not the lesson. And so as we have conversations with kids, I think it's important for us to let them know we don't have all the answers and that's okay. Um, but what we are willing to do is to walk alongside you and to figure out these answers together. Um, you know, it, helping kids learn how to express their doubt question, um, is really valid and important. But I would say for us as leaders that if we help kids express doubt and to share what their doubts are, which is all already a really vulnerable thing in general, right? Um, so if they do, but then they're doubting their faith, but we don't help them put it back together, um, that's pretty irresponsible and it's dangerous and it's isolating. And so as leaders, we want to help kids walk alongside them and say, we don't necessarily have all the answers. This is a big Bible. It's a big book. Um, and honestly, we, we don't have all, we're not all knowing, right? We're not God. And right. so, right. a lot of times in our cultures, we think we're all knowing because we have this brick called a phone in front of us and we can look up the answers to X, Y, and Z. Right. But the reality is, is we're not. We, we don't know all things. And it's important for us to remind ourselves and our kids, we don't know everything. But what we know about scripture, we can we can look at it together and we can process this together. We can look at Bible verses together and interpret it and and understand what God is trying to teach us and how it influences our relationships with other people and how it influences how we interact with the world and the culture around us.
0: You know, and I think that we we can have different mindsets as we go about our kids ministries. One can be that we are there to teach and kids are there to learn. And another can be that we are there to engage in relationship and interact. And I think it's so important, you know, discipleship always happens in the context of relationship. And so we need to know the kids and we need to know their thoughts and know their concerns and know their fears and know their doubts. And then when we unpack the content that we're teaching, we are so much better equipped to apply that to their real life situations. So part of that comes back to us as leaders that we need to maintain Good relational connection with our kids, not just be a person on a platform who facilitates a lesson, but to be someone who listens and who responds in a way that that really is as a coach or an advisor, not just as someone who's a a lector.
1: Yeah, a thousand
0: percent agree with that. Mm -hmm. Now, Kayla, you you kind of say when it comes to deconstruction, there's kind of two major camps of people uh, who are deconstructing their faith, and so the first one you say is that people who are people are asking, is Christianity true?
1: Yeah. So you know, with deconstruction, there there are a lot of hot button issues and hot button topics that, um, that might come up. Um, for example, there are a lot of people who, who question their faith when it comes to politics or science or suffering or race or hell. Um, but a lot of the times those big topics, um, really stem from, from two big questions. And the first one is, is Christianity true? Mm -hmm. Can I really believe what this is telling me? Um, and I think it's important for us as, as leaders to, to know, um, what is our answer to that? Mm-hmm. What do we say when someone says, is, is this really true? I mean, there are some crazy things that we read about in this ancient book. There are. right? Yes. So how do, how do like, was, I handle... Was Jonah
0: really inside a fish for three days? And yeah. Did God really flood the whole earth and kill everybody except for Noah and his family? Yeah, there's some hard questions.
1: There are some hard questions about... Um, what, what this looks like in our faith and, and can we really believe that Christianity is true? Is it, is it out of touch? Um, is this irrelevant? Is it far fetched? Can we really believe that the miracles that Jesus did in the Bible actually happened? Yeah. Um, what about when what I hear about and what I read about in the Bible maybe contradicts the natural laws of our world that I don't understand? Um, and so that's the first big question. It, is Christianity true. Um, and then the second big question is, which I think is honestly more of what kids are asking is, mm. is Christianity good? Yeah. Um, we ask, is it true? And that's an important question to, to answer. Um, but then the second part of that is, do I really believe that Christianity is good? Um, when I look at history and I see, uh, church history and good and bad that's happened in the world, and there's a lot of really terrible, awful, horrendous things that have been done in Jesus' name, right? Do I really yeah. believe that, that this Christianity is true? And it, do I really believe it's good? Um, you know, when, when what scripture teaches me, about authority um, or morality is different than what my culture is teaching me? Can I really believe that if I'm going to get some persecution or some backlash or some, you know, some cancel culture in my life, if I follow what biblical ethics is, is that really worth it? Um, so those are our, our two big questions that I think are really valuable to this conversation of deconstruction is... How do we help kids understand and learn is Christianity actually true? And then if it's true, is it good? And if the answers to both of those questions are yes, Christianity is true. This Bible is God's word. It is inspired. It is um, everything. It is God's story to us of who he is and how he calls us to live and it is good. This is how this is our um, like God's word to us is what is best for us. Um, And if, if it's really good and then can I really believe in who God is, then all of these other doubts and conversations um, tend to be seen through those two lenses. And so if we can answer those two questions first, um, then we're generally able to, to move from a direction from there into some of the weeds of conversation that, uh, of the topics that are, that are a struggle.
0: And we need to get those in the right order, don't we? Like, if we start with, we're starting possibly as mature leaders, kids ministry leaders, with the assumption that Christianity is true, that God is real, and that God is good. We start with those as as uh, as assumptions that we bring to our ministry times. But we cannot assume that our kids are coming with those same que- those same uh, uh, starting point, those same assumptions. They're coming with those as questions, and we yeah. need to regularly consistently affirm that yes, God is real and yes, God is good. And there are many opportunities for us to do that, but we cannot start with the assumption that the kids already are there.
1: Yeah. And I will say in the conversation about deconstruction in general, one of the encouraging things um, about this conversation is that people who are are sharing stories of deconstruction and doubting their faith. One of the things that there's that, that is coming up, um, whether purposefully or not, is that Christianity means something. Um, so in a culture where, um, it may or may not, well, well, for now this culture is, is not necessarily anymore. It's not, we're not culturally Christian, right? It's not abnormal to not be Christian. Um, but those who have previously claimed to follow Jesus and now saying they are saying they don't follow Jesus, um, one of the things that comes up is they say, you know, Christianity means something. If, if you don't believe these certain things about the Christian faith, if you don't, if you don't believe in, um, you know, the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus, if you don't believe In the sovereignty of God, if you don't believe, um, in, you know, who God is as creator, there are certain tenets of the faith that if you don't believe these things, you can't call yourself Christian. Right. Um, and so I think the, the positive part of that for us as Christian leaders is recognizing and knowing that Christianity does mean something, right? For us, it's everything. Um, but it's an important conversation to be able to say and have to, if we don't believe these things, then we, we can't call ourselves Christian. If we do believe these things, we can. And so it's a great starting place of conversation, um, of the value of what Christianity is and what it is not. Um, because a, a lot of times we have had cultural Christianity, where I just say I'm a Christian, I don't really know what I'm believing or what I'm ascribing to, but I'm just going to say, yep, that's me, into more now of a different conversation of, no, these are the actual tenets of our faith, and we are ascribing and believing to these things. Um, And so I think that's a valuable conversation to have with kids who are even doubting their faith of, you know, bringing it back to some core doctrines of, of who God is and, and what scripture says is true about who Jesus is.
0: Yeah. So a great, that's a great observation about, and, it, and that would cause me to question, you know, it, would we rather have a, have a ministry that's filled with cultural Christians who don't doubt, but they also don't really embrace their faith. It's just sort of a part of life and it's there and they're ambivalent to it as opposed to, um, you you point out in your conference, and again, listeners, this conversation was inspired by a conference session that Kayla is leading uh, or led at this point in time at the Etch Conference, the Etch Family Ministry Conference. You can find information about the Etch Conference at etchconference.com, and you can find the digital breakout c- gallery, and that uh, you can within that, you can find a session by Kayla Stevens where you can listen at much greater length and depth to her unpack more thoughts along these lines. Uh, but Kayla, one of you, one of the things that you land on with this is that doubt doesn't always lead <laughs> lead to unbelief. It doesn't end in atheism all the time. And in fact, Jesus really loved doubters. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, I think it's really important. A lot of times when someone hears the word deconstruction, there's panic, right? Oh, my goodness. My kid or my teenager or my college student is they're going to be an atheist now. And that's not necessarily the case. Um, I think it's important for us as leaders to remember deconstruction isn't new. Um, Right. Like we see it all throughout scripture um, that. You know, we see in Matthew 24, 12 or 2 Timothy four ten different different places where deconstruction has happened and people walk away from the faith. So it's not new, but it doesn't always have to end in unbelief. The reality is, is that doubt is a it's actually kind of a good distinction because it helps us to refine our faith, not to walk away from it. And so it's important as leaders, as we talk about doubt and we create atmospheres where our kids can share the doubts that they have um, and we can walk through that with them, that it's important for us to know that, you know, doubt doesn't always have to end in unbelief. Um, actually, doubt can help shape and refine and strengthen our faith to know who God is. So there, there's a healthy form of doubt, which leads us to scripture and leads us to the Bible to answer those two questions. Is Christianity true? Is Christianity good? And answering those questions leads us to who God is. Um, And so it's important for us to know that, you know, there are healthy forms of doubt that we don't have to be scared of and we don't have to run away from. Instead, we can lead with curiosity, right? We don't have to be fearful of not having all the answers. It's important for us as leaders to just be curious, to be willing to go there with our kids, to be willing to talk about things of scripture. Um, and even whenever our kids do doubt and they do have difficult questions, um, questions actually are a really good thing. I, if you know... I mean, for two seconds, you're going to hear me ask you a bunch of questions because I think questions are great. Questions um, engage us in community. They engage us in being inquisitive and curiosity um, and they promote discovery. And so questions are good in, in a sense that they drive us to truth. Um, and so we don't have to be scared or, or or run down the rabbit trail to believe if there's doubt or if there's questions that immediately my kid is going to unbelief. That's not accurate. There's healthy ways to to deal and to uh, inquire about doubt that actually leads us deeper in our faith. And we want to be cognizant of that and we want to lean into that.
0: And so we are wise not to pretend that doubt doesn't exist, not to uh, disbelieve the reality of deconstruction. It is a real thing but to be and not to be scared as you said but to be prepared to engage in conversation to welcome questions and to give guidance and really that's what we're there to do it's discipleship is that walking beside someone else follow me as i follow christ and let's we're in this together and so i love that picture and so listeners as you are interacting with your kids one raise your own awareness be aware of the reality that four out of 10 kids are already sensing and experiencing some amount of doubt and so we need to make sure that as we look at their faces, we can read on their faces uh, that they may be questioning something. Let's take the opportunity to give them the the, the chance to ask those questions, and for us to address them, uh, not to ignore those doubts, but to lean into them. And even as you know, we always think of Thomas as the big doubter, right? Poor, poor Thomas has that rap of being the doubting Thomas. But he said, "I want to see. I want to put my hand in his side, my finger in his." in the holes in his hands. And, and Jesus let him do that. And uh, even so saying, look, you're you're blessed because you've seen and believe how much more so those who have not seen and yet believe, right? And so we, may we be the people who, um, who uh, show Jesus to our kids in a way that they can see him through us and come to believe. Kayla, thank you so much for being here. It's so great to have you.
1: Thanks so much, Chuck. I really enjoyed it.
0: And we have so much more material that Kayla has that we need to come back and talk about soon. So let's promise, let's make a little pinky promise packed. We will have you back again really soon and we'll do this again. Uh, so thank you. And listeners, again, you can find the full <coughs> conference session from Kayla uh, by going to etchconference.com and look for the digital breakout sessions from this year's Etch Conference. There are many Many good ones that are there, uh, but absolutely go there to find Kayla and all the the great detail that she offers there. Kayla Stevens, listeners, thank you for listening. We uh, we're praying for you. Know that we want to partner with you in ministry to uh, inform, instruct inspire, encourage you uh, so that you can serve the kids and families in your context as effectively as possible to show them Jesus. Thank you for listening. We'll see you back again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.